Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Good morning, everybody. Happy to be here. Um, If you don't mind, let's go ahead and just stand up and I'd like to pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity that we come together to worship you, to grow in you, to hear your word. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence here and we welcome you in this place. Lord God, I ask right now that your word would come forth in power. Lord, I'm asking that it would be encouragement to our hearts and also that it would bring conviction where we need so that we can grow more into who you are forming and fashioning us to be. We ask, Lord God, that you would help us to to hear it um, in faith and in meekness, and we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, last week I was... um, For those of you that know me, I get up in the morning and I walk and I make laps and in my house, true story. Um, So far, we haven't had to replace the hardwood floors. Who knows, one day, maybe so. But um, anyway, last week, I was walking and, um, you know, sometimes I'll have like my playlist on certain worship songs and then sometimes I'll just kind of be walking and waiting and, um, and songs will rise up in my heart and this Sunday, last Sunday, two songs rose up in my heart, and both of them had been songs from past seasons of mine in the Lord. And I was really encouraged because one of them, it was like a staple. Um, I'm sure that if you've been in the Lord any amount of time, breathe. You know, this is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. And I was so encouraged because Sunday morning, I come in, and we sang it. We haven't sang it in a long time. Like, oh, I'm hearing you. And um, the other song seemed a little random to me. And um, I'm going to date myself. And I was like, why is this song coming up in my heart? I will sing unto the Lord, for he is triumph gloriously. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Splash. Who knows that song? <laughs> okay, so you do now. He's hearing it. So I'm like, that song seems so random. Why is this song in my heart? And so I began to ask the Lord. And so back in the 80s, there was a time and a season where a lot of the songs that we were singing came right from the scripture. And that happens to be one of those. And so if you'd like to know where it is, I'm going to um, go ahead and read it. It's in Exodus 15, verses 1 and 2. Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider has thrown and been thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. He's my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. So we sing the song, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Splash. I don't know. Splash was just part of our... (laughs) Does anybody else have a splash in their song, or is it just our little culture? Okay, so I will sing unto the Lord, for he is triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Yeah. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song has now become my victory. The other funny thing about those songs is that it's like three octaves. Nobody can sing that low and that high in one song. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) and we just all sing it, and... um, 
true story, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, Lord, why is this song coming out of nowhere to me? And he began to speak to me about how he wants us to declare his praise and his victory before the horse and the rider have been thrown into the sea. Let me say that again. He wants us to begin to praise and sing his victory before the horse and the rider are thrown into the sea. And like, so if you don't even know, like, what is that even? Okay, so let's just back up. This was in the context of Moses and the deliverance of the Israelites from Egyptian. And it's very interesting. I don't know, sometimes if you ever find yourself where you feel like in your own life you're standing at the sea and the enemy's barreling down your back and you see no way out. Has anybody ever experienced a place like that in your life? I bet if we could stop, you might think, yeah, there have been a couple of times in my life where I'm like seeing no way. And, and I don't know about you, but praise is easy when we come through the other side. It's a little bit different when we're standing and all we see is no way of escape and the enemy coming behind us. You know, it's very interesting. I'm going to just read back. I'm going to go back in um, Exodus 14, verse 17. It says this. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, least perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and they return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks and out of the land. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. And so they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in the pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to go with them is light as to they go by day and night. And he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night. In verse, going into 14, Now the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp between Pi Harioth, between Migdal and the sea, and opposite Baal Zephon, that you shall camp before it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they're bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. And then I, who? God himself, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that they will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all the army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And so they did. Now it was told of the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants were turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this? Let them go. Why have we let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariots, and he took his people with him. He took 600 choice chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt, with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, 
And he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptian pursued them, all the horses and the chariots, his horsemen and his armies, and he overtook them camping by the sea. So basically, they are where God sent them to be. And then God is sending this horse, and this, not just one horse and but entire army, and all they see is this ocean. And then the Lord does the impossible. He opens up the Red Sea. They cross through, and then the sea covers up. You know, in Psalms, there's a psalm that says, some will trust in horses and chariots, but we'll trust in the name of the Lord. We may not have a physical horse and chariot at our back, but you know what? I'm learning God is really committed to us learning how to walk by faith and trust him completely and him alone. And sometimes we're in situations where all we can do is remember who our God is and that he is faithful and he is good and he is just. And I just want to look scripturally at some places where this place of praise before the breakthrough comes. Because a lot of times, like I said, it's hard sometimes, and we can get so focused on the circumstances, but I feel like the Lord is really calling us to find a song. I mean, even this week, and it's interesting because actually, I'd say probably two or three months ago on a Sunday morning, I heard the Lord drop in my spirit, and he said, praise before the breakthrough. Praise before the breakthrough. And if you paid any attention, even right now, so many of the songs, so many of the things, or even just this week, I heard three different teachers on podcasts on this theme of praising God in the midst of the storm. And I feel like the Lord is wanting us to come to a place of knowing who our God is and make, because you know what happens is when we praise, when we worship, it changes the atmosphere. Even if the circumstances don't change immediately, it changes the atmosphere. And I believe the Lord is wanting us to find that song, that praise, even while we're waiting for the breakthrough. So I want to just look at some places. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to read all of them. I'll just highlight them. Joshua in Joshua 6, God sends the Israelites, and there's a walled city. And what does he tell them to do? Walk around in silence. Could you imagine? Six days. Silence. I imagine the enemy on the top of the walls taunting six days seventh day seven times <laughs> and then there's a shout and what happens the walls come down guys God has um, I don't think we understand the power of our voice the Lord tells us in Proverbs that there's the power of life and death in our tongue. When we're faced with difficult situations, what is the easy thing to do? Complain and grumble. And yet the Lord wants us to begin to shape our atmosphere with the reality and the truth of who he is over that situation. 
And sometimes, even if you can't say, if you don't have anything, you know, how's your mom say? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> but sometimes it's important to really be still and be quiet until we can declare the faithfulness and the greatness of our God. Those walls came tumbling down. I want you to turn to Second Chronicles 20. This is King Jehoshaphat. He gets report that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others beside them, they were coming up to battle against Jehoshaphat. And some came and told Jehoshaphat, and in verse 2, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazar and Tamar, which is in Gedi. Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast into all of Judah. So all of Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. And he said, O God, our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nation? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people of Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwell in it, and they build a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and we will cry out to you, and in our affliction you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came up out of the land, they did not turn from them, and they did not destroy them. And here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us. Oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Sometimes we're in a place where we just don't know what to do. And we realize all my abilities, I can't fix this even if I wanted to. <laughs> I don't know what to do, but I'm going to remember are, who you are and what you've promised. And I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I'm looking to you. And then it's very interesting what happens. The Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. And he said, listen to you. And then verse 15, Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And you, King Jehoshaphat, the Lord says to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God. Interesting, just side note, that's what Moses told the Israelites when they were standing at the sea. He said, you don't, you don't, all you have to do is be still. Sometimes we need to tell ourselves, just be still. And you wait, and if God tells you to do something, you do that. Otherwise, the battle is the Lord's. He's going to be the one delivering. He will fight for us. And he says, you go down tomorrow. So verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed with his head, face to the ground, and all of Judah before the Lord, 
and they were worshiping the Lord. And the next morning they rose up. Jehoshaphat stood and he said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who would praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army, saying, Praise the Lord, his mercy endures forever. And as they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people. And guess what? They start fighting each other. It was a song of praise that defeated the enemy. And I feel like the Lord is wanting us to remember in those places where we don't know what to do, if we can begin to lift up our voice and praise him. You know, praise is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's an intention of my heart. It's a choice of my will. There are sometimes, I'm just being honest with you, there's just sometimes I don't feel like praising him. But you know what? That doesn't mean he is not worthy of my praise. In fact, at that moment is the time he needs, I need it more than ever just to praise and lift up my voice and remember who our God is. Look at Acts 16. I know y'all are very familiar, and I'm not telling you anything we don't know, but I, I'm, I do know that the Lord is saying that there's this place of praise that is so important for us in this season. Paul and Silas, they just, I'll just paraphrase, they just happen to be doing kingdom business in the middle of what the Lord is telling them to do. And there was a, uh, a slave girl who was um, given to a spirit of divination, and that spirit was following them around. These are the servants of the Lord Most High. <laughs> and Paul just had enough and took authority of the spirit. And then the slave owners were upset because they realized, oh, like our whole place of profit just got destroyed. And um, next thing you know, Paul and Silas are taken. And it says that they are beaten and whipped. And then they're in the inner, inner, inner prison locked up. I don't imagine it felt well. They've been beaten. I imagine it hurt, you know, and it's like, I'm sure they're, you know, they're just like us. I'm sure they had to work through their emotions. <laughs> but the key is working through <laughs> those emotions. <laughs> And they came to a place of praising the Lord in the middle. They, they worship, and maybe it didn't come out really strong and bold at first. Maybe it came out going, God, I don't understand this. In fact, I'm just going to throw off my need to understand, and I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to praise you because you are worthy, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to love you. And they begin to sing and praise. And can you use midnight? The other prisoners could have been like, hey, be quiet. But they just begin to worship and praise, and it created such a shaking that the prison doors opened. And entire, the jailer's entire household ended up getting saved. Sometimes God will have us in places that we don't understand the course, and yet if we can just come to that place of trusting him, even if it doesn't make sense, and going, God, I'm going to believe that you are good, and even if I don't understand it right now, I don't have to understand it. I am going to believe you to come through 
in this situation. And maybe the circumstances don't change. Maybe you're in the middle of changing and transforming me. But you are worthy of all praise and glory and honor. And I'm going to lift you up and I'm going to praise you. You know, this past week, I've just been thinking about, um, you know, we, we're walking through some things right now. This house is walking through some things right now. And, um, you know, and y'all have heard me say several times, it's like a theme. Well, either we trust God or we don't. <laughs> either, either, like, it's easy to trust him when everything's going the way we think it should. You know, sometimes, Sam and I had a conversation about this this week. Sometimes I think walking in faith isn't about I'm believing for things to come my way, but I'm going to trust you even if it doesn't make sense. I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to live my life for you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to continue doing what I know to do, the things that you've shown me in the Word, even if it's not going the way I think it should go. And to know that he is moving in the unseen places. Sometimes there's seasons of dormancy. It seems dormant, and the roots are going deep so that then the structure can handle the fruit that comes forth. If a, if a tree, like, and I'm, anybody knows me, like, plants aren't my thing, but if a tree were to be planted, a new tree, a young tree, and all of a sudden, an abundance of harvest of fruit came, and yet it didn't have the root system to handle that. What would happen to the tree? It would topple over. A lot of times, the Lord will allow us to go through things to strengthen our root system so that we can handle what he wants to give us. And if we could learn, you know, I don't know, I remember, like, when I was young, reading Exodus, and thinking they had just seen all those miracles, like even before Egypt. And then they get delivered through, and like in the next chapter, they're saying, well, where's the water? And where's the food? And they're grumbling. And I would read them and go, why did they do that? And if I'm honest with myself, I can look over the course of my life and realize I've done my share of not understanding and grumbling and complaining. I've done my share of, of tripping up over that idolatry of needing to know. And I'm learning, though, I don't have to know the why. I'm just going to fill this place with worship. I don't have to understand it all. I'm just going to praise my God and King, and I'm going to trust him because he is so faithful and he's so good and he is so true. Isaiah 54 The prophet Isaiah, he says, sing, O barren woman. Like, I, every time I read this, I hear, like, Larry Boy in the Veggie Tales, sing, O barren woman, the Lord will be your maker. That's just how my brain works. <laughs> what happened, though, if we begin to sing in those places songs of praise before the breakthrough? I'm going to give you just a few things in the wrap-up. Psalm 9. The Lord showed me this. Uh, we were living in Weaverville, so it's probably been 
10 years ago. Verses 1 and 3. How many have heard this scripture that talks about how he inhabits the praises of his people? Okay, so as we begin to praise him, we're actually just, well, we're opening the door. We're welcoming him. We're making room for him just to come in. And, I mean, he's everywhere. And yet something happens when we praise him. But look at this, Psalm 9, verses 1. David says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they fall and they perish at your presence. You've maintained my right and my cause. I love that. Do you know, it's like sometimes you're in the middle, of, you start praising, and all of a sudden they're like, uh-oh. And they turn, and all of a sudden they're face-to-face -face with the living God. <laughs> they fall at his presence. There's powerful things that happen in praise. Look at Psalm 37. Verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in his land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Trust in the Lord and do good. Sometimes in that place of waiting, and I, I kind of highlighted this, sometimes we need to continue to do the things that we know to do. And then we need to feed on his faithfulness. Sometimes praise, it's almost like a, 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 a you have to prime the pump. Sometimes just remembering, feeding on the times that he has been faithful. You know, I was thinking this week, you know, Sam and I, we get married, and 10 months later, we have Samuel. And when Samuel was born, um, it was a very traumatic birth, emergency C-section. And next thing you know, they take Samuel to another hospital because they don't have a neonatal. He's been married 10 months, and he's stuck with, do I stay with my wife? Do I go with my child? And you know, the Lord came in, and he healed Samuel. He, when he was born, he had a, a hole in his lung. His heart was on the right side, and they sent him to this neonative intensive care unit, and within 24 hours, he was back. That was the faithfulness and the goodness of God. You know, and I can remember, God, sometimes I don't see what you're doing right here, but I can remember what you've done, and I know that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I don't know how you're going to meet or what, but I know you are. And just to feed on his faithfulness and to remember his goodness. I mean, there are so many times. I mean, I, I can think about a season where there were six months that we didn't have natural work, and yet God supernaturally provided for us. And so if I, how can I question if God's going to be faithful and to provide? To feed on his faithfulness, to trust in him, delight ourselves, and he gives us the desires. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him also, and he will bring it to pass. So I want to close in a different way. I feel like we're going to just have a little praise party. A little practice, priming up the pump. Can y'all do that with me? 
All right, so what we're going to do, see, and here's the thing. A lot of times we okay, where's the band? Where, where are they? Come on, yeah, lead us into praise. Guys, we've got to learn how to praise him when it's just us. We can't depend on them. I mean, there is something wonderful. You know, praise is not just a happy song. Yeah, I'm feeling good now. You know, sometimes what I'll do is like, okay, like I feel dry. It's going to be, I'm just going to start with the alphabet. A. A, you're amazing. <laughs> you're awesome. You're the alpha. You're the omega. You're the beginning. You're the end. You're beautiful in all your ways. And I just begin to go through the alphabet. See, you're the creator. All creation rises. And I'm declaring it out and it's changing. The atmosphere is changing my focus. So would you like to do that with me? Okay, we're just going to go through the alphabet. I even got it started for you. Okay? I'm going to just say a letter, and I want you to start shouting out attributes of, the, of who God is. A. All of B. Keep going. C. Compassionate. What else? Creative. Comforter. D. Counselor. Deliverer. Devoted. Dad. Dad. E, eccentric, <laughs> everlasting, what, extravagant, excellent, everything, F, faithful father, foundation, friend, forever, G, grand, great, he's great, greatly to be praised, he's good, generous, Gracious, glory, H, holy, high, what? Heavenly, happy, he's happy, I, intelligent, indescribable, irresistible, isn't this fun? J, jealous, and he's just, and he's justice. Joyful, faithful, faithful. <laughs> K, king, he's king of all kings, lord of all lords, kind. He's our knight in shining armor. <laughs> yeah, L, all knowledgeable, long-suffering, long loving. What? Light. He's light, he's love, L-M, magnificent, mighty, merciful, the marvelous, the most high, in. He's near. He's a nurturer. He never ends. He's near the brokenhearted. He binds up our wound. Oh, omnipotent, omnipresent. Overcomer. P. Prince of Peace. Provider. Protector. Passionate. Pastor. This is one of my favorite. Q. He's quick. <laughs> Sometimes. 
<laughs> quintessential. He, he, and he qualifies us. He's the qualifier. He's quiet. You are righteous, redeemer, restorer, reverent, S, savior, stable. He's our strong tower. He's righteous. He's our shepherd. T, tenacious, trustworthy. He's truth, tender. See, I love doing this corporately because y'all have just expanded my praise vocabulary. Thank you. <laughs> you. Understanding, unending, unfailing, the victorious, victory, the W, wise counselor, wisdom, warrior, Wonderful, warrior, worthy, WX. I just got excellent. <laughs> Somebody's going to come up with a word next week with for me. Here's your X word. Y, he's Yahweh. And then Z, Zion. He's zeal, he's zealous. So I just want to encourage us. Here's the thing. I told our, told our staff. This past, I mean, there's, I think all of us, I mean, sometimes we have seasons where everything seems to be going really well. And sometimes we have seasons that it feels like we're surrounded. And most of the days we have a mixture of both. But regardless of what our circumstances are, he is worthy of praise. And when we praise him, our, the atmosphere changes and he, he just comes in and um, I just want to encourage us, regardless, let's just keep our praise on. Let's just keep our praise on. Let's just continue to praise him for everything he is and who he is and all he's doing. And to know that the victory's already been won. The victory's already been won. So, amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.